Y'all, before we begin the show today, I want to make sure you are aware that supporting our sponsors supports the program. I know we do a fundraising push for the resurgent.com and the like, but supporting our sponsors really supports us because it lets the sponsors know that you guys are paying attention. And podcast listeners tend to be among some of the savviest shoppers out there and tend to be among some of the most loyal. So supporting our sponsors supports us. And I got to tell you, this week's sponsor is a great one to support. I've been using their product for a while and love it uh, before even they started becoming a podcast sponsor, and that's Quip. Uh, great, great, great electronic toothbrush and really, really a great one to travel with. And I've tried a lot of them, and this one is the most convenient to travel with. More about it in the show, but please support our sponsors. Welcome, it's Eric Erickson here, Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number is 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK for Generation Tide Pod Eater, that is T-A-L-K. It really is unbelievable that we are supposed to lower the voting age to people who eat Tide Pods. Because suddenly they are the experts. Um, that David Hogg kid, we'll get into him. What a bully. Um, complete bully. But first, we have to talk about Delta. Delta and the NRA. And Atlanta. And Georgia politics and crony capitalism. Let me break this down for you guys. Just completely fact-based. I will give my opinion and commentary. Obviously. But let me give you just the flat-out facts first. Because so much of the media, not in Georgia, is getting all of the story wrong. Delta used to have a tax break where it was exempt from paying sales tax on jet fuel at Two Dead Mares International Airport in Atlanta. And in 2015, during... economic downturn and wanting to reassess the gas tax. And remember, the gas tax in Georgia was a flat fee. It was not based on a percentage of a gallon. They wanted to readjust that because they were losing revenue. They wanted to boost revenue for transportation of the state. They restructured the gas tax. And at that time, they got rid of the sales tax exemption for Delta. And Delta has been lobbying for it ever since. The way Delta has lobbied for it was to say this would be for every, if they got it back, they would have applied to every um, airline at Two Dead Mares International Airport. They, it wouldn't be just for them anymore. Clayton County cried foul because Clayton County gets some of the sales tax revenue and it would hurt Clayton County financially to now lose that income that it has gotten for the last couple of years and has started spending as a result of getting that money. The Republicans in the legislature didn't care because Clayton County is Democratic, so they can ignore it. They were going to give it back to Delta. It sailed through last week. One of the reasons that the legislature wanted to give Delta the sales tax back, and I assume that there was a behind-the-scenes agreement. They were under a strongly held belief that if they gave Delta back the tax exemption, Delta would expand the locations to which it flies internationally from Atlanta. 
And the state government wanted this to make Atlanta and Georgia more attractive to Fortune 500 companies. One of the things, one of the criticisms that has come up repeatedly about Delta is that Delta allows airlines essentially to come into Atlanta, uh, developing international routes, and once those routes are developed, Delta then starts flying to those places and it hurts the international competitor. So if you go to uh, Los Angeles, a Chicago, or a New York, you will see a wide variety of international airlines uh, that fly to those cities. Atlanta is very limited in the number of international airlines that fly to it. Uh, KLM does, Air France, uh, British Airways, KLM, Air France, largely the same. Uh, you have the, the Korean Air, and there aren't a whole lot of others because uh, Delta flies all the routes. So remember, they used to have South African Airlines flew in. Um, you had other European airlines that flew in. You had other Asian airlines that flew in, but then Delta started flying those routes, and so those airliners left. And Delta can limit then from Atlanta where it flies. The legislature, I'm assuming, had an agreement with Delta the way they've talked about it, that if they gave Delta back this tax exemption, Delta would start flying to more places, making it more attractive for Fortune 500 companies. Everything sailed through on Friday in the state house. It went to the state Senate. Michael Williams, running for governor, raised an objection. Democrats in the state Senate raised an objection. They blocked the Senate from passing it quickly. On Saturday, Delta decided that it would stop doing business with the National Rifle Association. So today, Casey Cagle, also running for governor, announced he would block giving Delta the sales tax exemption and specifically said he would do it um, because companies can't expect to fight conservatives without conservatives fighting back, making it explicitly about Delta doing what it did to the National Rifle Association. That's why they're not getting this. This is all crony capitalism. Now, those are the facts they were going to give it to Delta. Let me also add that um, some hysterical reporters nationally today and some politicians were thinking, oh, Delta's going to leave, leave Atlanta now. No, Delta's not. The reason why Delta, Atlanta, Georgia doesn't have to worry about losing uh, Delta's business is because margins are very thin within aviation right now. And Delta has spent a lot of money on Atlanta, on Hartsfield, on its concourses, uh, everything, and it's, it's not going anywhere. This is not going to drive Delta away. Put another way, Delta is not going to leave Atlanta for something that it does not have. It does not have this sales tax exemption right now, contrary to some reports in the media. It does not have it. And now it's not getting it, at least for now. I suspect it will come. So let me add commentary here. Delta did not deserve this tax break anyway. This is crony capitalism. Georgia has a notorious reputation for benefiting large corporations at the expense of its small and medium-sized businesses. And this is another example of that. They were going to give Delta a sales tax exemption on jet fuel that no one else was going to get. In fact, they were, Delta was willing to expand it to two dead mayors international airport generally. So anybody, any airline that flies in would get it, but only in Atlanta. What about Savannah? What about Macon? What about Valdosta? What about Albany? Nope, just for two dead mares international airport. So this was crony capitalism. And why did the legislature want to give this back to Delta? So that they could use it to then attract other Fortune 500 companies into Atlanta and Georgia, Amazon. And it's not going to happen for now. It's crony capitalism. 
the government shouldn't be picking winners and losers through the tax code. They should just have fair business practices across the board. So now there's some irony here, though. Delta is notorious for being a liberal lobbyist at the state legislature against gun rights groups and against social conservatives. Delta led the charge against the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Delta has vocally opposed the idea of giving faith-based adoption agencies protections. And Delta has been vocally opposed to expanded gun rights in the state legislature. Delta is a liberal organization with liberal lobbyists and has repeatedly used its muscle and clout at the state legislature to hurt conservatives. So it is deeply humorous to watch Delta be hurt today because of its opposition to the National Rifle Association. By the way, Delta says it's going to stop doing business with controversial groups where there's uh, serious public disagreement. I have not seen a press release that they're going to stop giving discounts to Planned Parenthood or NARAL. Haven't seen that happen today. I won't hold my breath for it. They, they targeted gun rights groups and they've gotten burned. Now, it is clear, it is absolutely clear, Casey Cagle, uh, let me just say, uh, the Cagle camp, the, the Tippins camp, the Williams camp, they, they've all texted me today about getting on about this. Um, I, I just, I wasn't going to let one come on because then I, I just don't have time for that. Uh, the, the, the Cagle camp, the Williams camp, the Tippins camp have all come out very forcefully on this issue. Um, to their credits, um, Hunter Hill and Brian Kemp have come out as well. Um, they made it clear their opposition was about crony capitalism, not specifically the NRA. Um, so all, you got all the Republicans opposed now to this tax exemption. The issue here is that no business should ever be punished, just as no individual should ever be punished by the state for their views. And that is what's happening here. Delta is being punished for its views. And I don't believe the ends justify the means. Should Delta get this tax exemption? Absolutely not. It is bad public policy to give any group a tax exemption. When you're not giving it to everyone else, it is bad public policy. So in the end, the right decision happened. But let's not kid ourselves. Had Delta waited until Wednesday of this coming week to attack the NRA, they would have this tax exemption. All of this grandstanding that's going on right now, um, it, it wouldn't have happened. Delta would have gotten this, and they never should have gotten it to begin with. So we can applaud, ultimately, the outcome that Delta got the, did, isn't going to get this. They should never have gotten it. We can also applaud the fact um, that this highlights all of the pitfalls of crony capitalism, and, and we should be horrified to see what happens when a company gets on the wrong side of the government. We should also be willing to recognize that it is really a dangerous thing for individuals and companies to be punished for their refusal to do business with a group or their support of doing business with a group um, when government leaders say otherwise. That's, that's dangerous, and none of us should like that. But we should all, all of us, laugh at Delta because for years Delta has used its clout to punish conservatives in the legislature and punish gun rights activists in the legislature. And today Delta is getting punished by that legislature. Live by crony capitalism, die by crony capitalism.
I want to take a quick time out to thank this week's sponsor, Blue Apron, is treating my listeners to $30 off your first order if you visit blueapron.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Now, I know there are a lot of you out there who you see all of these, particularly if you're on Instagram like I am and you love to cook, you will see ads for these places that will send you a box of groceries and recipes, and I've tried a bunch of them, and I really like Blue Apron, and I think it's to Blue Apron's credit, in fact, that you got the federal government saying they want to model a food program on what Blue Apron does. They are the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone, and they achieve it by supporting a sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, building a community of home chefs, and they offer three plans for you, a two-person meal plan that serve two people choosing eight new recipes per week with the choice to deliver either two or three recipes a week a family meal plan this is what i do meals that serve four people you choose four new recipes per week with the choice to either two three or four recipes any week and they also have a wine plan six bottles of wine from renowned winemakers delivered monthly they offer 12 new recipes each week and customers get to pick two, three, or four recipes. Now, I will tell you, I have repeated some of the recipes I've gotten from Blue Apron. Uh, they have a great Mexican casserole dish that my family has come to love. And of all things, a mustard green recipe that you really got to try. Uh, I just, you know, I've never really eaten mustard greens before. And I was like, you know, I'll give it a try. It was fantastic. And then the beef medallions in pan sauce. So we've tried this one before. I, I got it. Once we get used to some of the recipes, we really like them and do them over, but they've got a wide selection of recipes to fit every palate, even the super picky eaters. And I am a picky eater, believe it or not, as much as I cook. I really have enjoyed Blue Apron and I thank them for sponsoring. Blue Apron is treating my listeners to $30 off your first order if you visit blueapron.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. So check out this week's menu, get $30 off at blueapron.com slash Eric. It is a better way to cook at Blue Apron. Thank you for sponsoring. It is interesting to watch a bunch of liberals screaming about Casey Cagle today uh, for what he did, saying it's not fair, it's not right, it's illegal, it's what have you, uh, totally ignoring that left-wing politicians do this all the time, uh, and that's what happens in crony capitalism. This is why crony capitalism is wrong. Uh, live by it, die by it. Uh, you know, the, I remember distinctly when North Carolina passed the legislation to prevent uh, transgenders in bathrooms, uh, the left was giddy at the fact that the NCAA and, and a host of other businesses were refusing to do business in North Carolina, threatening to cancel events. They were super supportive of states saying that state employees could not go to particular states on business. And today they're livid with Casey Cagle. Um, by the way, um, just to clarify something, I did not mean to leave the impression that Michael Williams um, was not, uh, it did not care about the Delta thing except for the NRA. He also uh, has been criticizing it for crony capitalism um, fairly consistently along with the other candidates. I, I need to go back and just pull some of the audio from the gubernatorial interviews on this issue of crony capitalism in the state because there is a largely a... Uh, consensus among all the candidates that Georgia picks winners and losers instead of 
having sound business policy. But you know, there's another irony here, and that is that Delta decided to stop flying to Middle Eastern countries because it thought Middle Eastern country, Middle Eastern airliners were getting government subsidies unfairly. Here's Delta wanting a government subsidy in Georgia and now crying foul about it, along with people on the left. They just they want it both ways. Uh, in no intellectual honesty at all. It's 39 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. I just got an alert from the Washington Times. Lieutenant Governor Casey Cagle of Georgia said Monday Delta can forget about tax. Tax, they cut it short. Tax breaks from the state because it had, under pressure from gun control advocates, canceled its travel partnership with the National Rifle Association. You know what? You can scream scream about this all you want, and I know that a number of the other candidates are as well making a big deal about this, but this is why lieutenant governors tend to have the advantage in races for their party's nomination. This is why so often in Georgia, the lieutenant governor becomes the next governor uh, because they get to do things like this and get all the credit. And this is no disrespect intended to Michael Williams, who was raising the objection on Friday over crony capitalism, but his objection completely overshadowed by the fact that the lieutenant governor with one tweet uh, set off a firestorm and uh, rallied gun rights activists to him. Uh, whether it lasts, it remains to be seen, but it is he was able to capture some attention. Now, I need to read you guys a tweet, and this is from Glenn Burns, upstairs from us, uh, the TV station, WSB, and I need you to know I read this to my wife, and I told her she needed to have a box of Kleenex in her hands before I read it to her. I need you guys to not freak out. And I need you to have Kleenex handy in case you start to cry over this news. Again, this is all I'm doing is reading a tweet from Glenn Burns. Models have been consistent in showing frigid Arctic air returning to Georgia the first two weeks of March. Some days around the 10th to 11th of March, we may never get out of the 20s and 30s. Everything in bloom will be toast again, just like last year. I don't, don't, I'm, I'm just, I'm the bearer of the news. That is it. Uh, Don't be mad at me. I'm just relaying what Glenn Burns tweeted. So stick around to WSB and TV, Glenn Burns, uh, radio, Kirk Mellish, because the weather, it be changing in the run up to spring break. I'm so ready for the beach. I I can't, just cannot. Um, oh my goodness gracious. Okay. Now let's go to the phones. Brian, you're up first tonight. Welcome. Hi, Eric. I just think that, uh, it's funny. The hypocrisy of the left just knows no bounds. Um, today they are adamantly defending the right of a company to choose with whom they do business. And a month ago it was, you better bake that cake. Yep. 
Yep, you're right. It, it is it is very funny. And you know, the other thing, Brian, let, let's not forget, um, you had the, the NAACP threatening boycotts in North Carolina, and you had a bunch of liberal states saying they wouldn't allow their state employees to go to North Carolina, Mississippi, Indiana, Arkansas, and elsewhere. And the left was cheering all that on. But uh, d- don't give Delta the tax tax break because of the NRA, and suddenly it's all the enemy. Mm-hmm. If it weren't for double standards, they wouldn't have any standards at all. That is Thanks exactly lot, right. Good show. Well said. Thank you very much. If they did, if it went for double standards, they wouldn't have any standards. Yes, absolutely. My goodness, uh, the liberal outrage over this situation—it just—it's—it really is hysterical. Um, you know, I oppose crony capitalism, and. I would wish that Delta would learn from this lesson, and I don't think Delta will. The lesson that should be learned by Delta and all the other businesses out there who see this is that instead of supporting crony capitalism, uh, they should support free market principles. They should support deregulation in Georgia. They should support a simpler tax code. They should uh, support more business-friendly policies in the state. They should support, in short, Georgia becoming more like Texas. But they don't because they're okay with their carve-outs when they get them because it puts them in a better position to their competitors. Look, for example, at JetBlue. Clark Howard has talked about this a lot. Delta and other uh, airlines at the airport have worked very hard to shut JetBlue out of the market, making it very difficult for JetBlue to get gates at Atlanta's airport. Look at Delta and the Paulding County situation or the Lawrenceville Airport situation where Delta has hired lobbyists and worked overtime to shut down any sort of competition there. You live by crony capitalism, you die by crony capitalism. Delta could thrive in a more business-friendly environment in Georgia, a business-friendly environment that doesn't discriminate between big business and small business, that doesn't give some businesses credits and advantages that other businesses don't have, a a state that is not beholden to crony capitalism. Delta could thrive in those situations. The problem, though, is that so could the competitors. And Delta doesn't want that. And that, my friends, is the problem here is we are in a crony capitalist situation and it is a bad thing ultimately because it allows the government to pick winners and losers and usually Delta's the winner. Today, it's the loser. It is 54 after the hour. Back to the phones we go. Richard in Atlanta, welcome. Hello. Um, just wanted to check, and, and since uh, Delta is not uh, participating with the NRA, uh, I had heard, I don't know if it's true or not, that Delta and United uh, may no longer be using Sky Marshals. Any any chance of that? No, they will still use uh, Sky Marshals because that's a Why? federal program that they can't opt out of it. Wow, that puts guns in the... Yeah, I know. In, in close proximity to children. These parents are putting children in in harm's way where guns are permitted yeah and this is the problem with delta letting social justice warriors dictate their policies i mean they're sympathetic to it delta is a liberal company um they they have the veneer of being a a conservative southern company because they're headquartered in the south and known as being a southern company but they they are a liberal company delta repeatedly in the georgia legislature uh tries to block social conservatives from advancing any sort of legislation 
in the state and it blew up in their face today. Uh, and I got to tell you, as much as I am not a fan of crony capitalism and am not a fan of picking winners and losers, uh, I got to say that I think it is hilarious to watch this blow up in, um, in Delta's face, uh, because of what they do. And I, I await Delta saying they're not going to do any of these travel deals with Planned Parenthood or any left-wing organizations. Um, and you know, that's not going to be the case they're only, they have bowed to social justice warriors on the left. They have been targeted successfully contrast Delta with federal express. FedEx is standing by the NRA today. FedEx has released a statement and said that it, uh, the second amendment is a constitutional issue. People have that right. They're not going to discriminate against people exercising their right. The left wants to boycott FedEx. The little bully David Hogg from down in Florida wants to, to shut down federal express, wants to boycott FedEx, wants to boycott Florida, even though he lives in Florida. I want to talk about David Hogg when we come back and about about Sheriff Israel, the complete failure of sheriff's deputies in South Florida to go into that school, a refusal to go into that school. And the sheriff, uh, just, you know, just a tip of the hat to Jake Tapper on CNN for asking the tough questions of that sheriff. No one else did. Unfortunately, no one wants to ask David Hogg tough questions uh, because he gets to to claim victim status and uh, use that as a shield to being asked any tough questions. I'm sorry, folks. I am really opposed to Generation Tide Pod Eater being allowed to hijack any public policy discussion in this country because one of that generation has uh, gotten victim status through tragedy. Yes, we should treat him respectfully, but that doesn't entitle him to slander other people, and it doesn't entitle him to impose his views on the rest of the country when it is increasingly clear this kid is a liberal hack to begin with uh, and has been, and the, the shooting didn't change him in some way. And the media wants to willfully ignore all the other kids in that school who disagree with him because he tells them what they want to hear. This just in, ABC News, Scott Peterson, the former Broward County School Resource Deputy assigned to Stolman Douglas High School, has hired attorneys to respond to unfounded criticism of his actions in response to the shooting. Oh, my goodness. Which brings me to, well, we got to pivot from Atlanta and Delta and the NRA to the sheriff, Sheriff Israel and to David Hogg, the activist. Now, you should know that David Hogg, he is the teenager, not yet of voting age, who's been across networks, um, casting blame hither and there, and he's a Democrat. He is a partisan. He is an activist. Uh, He was at the shooting interviewing kids in the closet, um, not at the actual, if I understand right, uh, in the immediate vicinity of the shooting, but he was at the school. There's been a conspiracy theory out there that he was actually a student from Los Angeles who's posing or that his dad didn't do what he claimed or that he wasn't actually there. He was on school premises. 
uh, as far as anyone knows. And he deserves some sympathy, but the, the kid needs a, cri- a grief counselor, not a PR agency. He's being repped by a PR agency. I had a reporter tell me earlier today uh, with the, it's one of the Mike Bloomberg PR people who's helping him get out there. Uh, he's got a PR firm. Go look at his Wikipedia page. It's been professionally set up by a PR group. Uh, and he's out on all the talk shows, casting aspersions on anyone who uh, who doesn't go with his anti-gun agenda. And then he's got a PR firm rallying minions across the internet to assail him, or to to assail anyone who questions him. The kid is a bully, and he's been emboldened to be a bully by anti-gun PR groups who get him on TV where he uses his status of victim as a shield so no one can criticize him while he's calling people like Dana Lash uh, that she doesn't like the kids or they're murderers or or got to boycott the FedEx for not not standing up to the NRA, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He's a bully. And you're not allowed to call him that because he's a victim. Uh, yes, you know, if, if he wants to be treated respectfully, then he needs to handle this respectfully. And no one's calling him out when he says these outlandish things. And, and what's equally outlandish is the sheriff who Jake Tapper called him to task, had an interview. And I just I want you to listen to some of this audio of, of Sheriff Israel from Palm Beach County with Jake Tapper. Are you really not taking any responsibility for the multiple red flags that were brought to the attention of the Broward Sheriff's Office about this shooter before the incident, whether it was people near him, close to him, calling the police on him? Jake, I could only take responsibility for what I knew about. I exercise my my due diligence. I've given amazing leadership to this agency. Amazing leadership? Uh, I've worked. Yes, Jake. Amazing leadership. As I said, I'm the sheriff. My name's on the door. The people responsible are the ones who took the calls and didn't follow up on them, as it was with the FBI, uh, as it was with, with, any, with any person. Leaders, cannot, leaders are responsible for the agency, but leaders are not expo- are responsible for a person. Uh, I gave him a gun. I gave him a badge. I gave him the training. If he didn't have the heart to go in, that's not my responsibility. Well, then why did you keep him on the payroll? By the way, you should know, according to reports at Reason Magazine, Scott Peterson, the the resource officer who refused to go in, uh, lived in a mobile home on school grounds. And when the state was gutting the program of those mobile homes, he was one of the people who stood up and opposed it, saying he would be able to keep the school safe. And yet he didn't. Now, this is probably the most amazing bit of how flippant the sheriff is about this whole situation. Listen to this. I think that if the Broward Sheriff's Office had done things differently, this shooting might not have happened. Hey, listen, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, uh, you know, uh, O.J. Simpson would still be in the record books. I don't know what I that means. There's 17 dead people and there's an, a whole long list of things your department could have done differently. Yeah. Talk about those. Let's talk about some of those. We now know that the shooter himself reported himself to the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Department as a threat. The shooter himself self-reported to the Sheriff's Department and they did nothing. Hey, listen, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, uh, you know, uh, O.J. Simpson would still be in the record books. Twenty-three phone calls and reports went to the sheriff's department about the shooter and they did nothing. 
Hey, listen, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, uh, you know, uh, O.J. Simpson would still be in the record books. The police department knew he was a threat and knew he had held a gun to someone's head threatening to kill that person. Hey, listen, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, uh, you know, uh, O.J. Simpson would still be in the record books. They knew that he had on Instagram said he was going to shoot up the school. Hey, listen, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, uh, you know, uh, O.J. Simpson would still be in the record books. They knew that the family that hosted the kid was fearful of him and that the kid uh, had it said he was going to shoot up the school in a separate incident from his self-reporting incident. The, the family reported that he was going to shoot up the school. Hey, listen, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, uh, you know, uh, O.J. Simpson would still be in the record books. This is insanity. And this guy thinks he provided amazing leadership. Are you really not taking any responsibility for the multiple red flags that were brought to the attention of the Broward Sheriff's Office about this shooter before the incident, whether it was people near him, close to him, calling the police Jake, Jake, on him? I could Jake, I could only take responsibility for what I knew about. I exercise my, my due diligence. I've given amazing leadership to this agency. Amazing leadership? Uh, I've worked. Yes, Jake. Amazing leadership. Now, he's also passed the buck. He wants to take credit for amazing leadership. But listen to this. Deputies make mistakes. Police officers make mistakes. We all make mistakes. But it's not the responsibility of the general or the president if you have a deserter. You look into this. We're looking into this aggressively. And uh, we'll, we'll take care of it. And justice will be served. Now, I, I, I want to play another clip. This is David Hogg. He was on uh, Morning Joe this morning with Joe Scarborough. You've got the sheriff saying that the, the sheriff can't be held responsible for the deputy that it was the deputy who screwed up, the sheriff's the leader, and the leader shouldn't fall because of one bad apple underneath. And this is David Hogg, uh, the the young guy, the teen who was in the school, who's an anti-gun activist, who is seized on this uh, as a way to push his anti-gun message. Listen to him on Morning Joe. How can we expect our teachers to step in and take action if trained security guards that are part of the sheriff's department wouldn't take action and two why are these elected officials trying to blame this on the bureaucracy they're in charge of them this is their fault they should have been regulating them i'm not going to allow them to pressure these people because at the end of the day it's their fault these elected officials are the boss of these sheriff personnel right. and just like the president is the boss of the fbi right governor rick scott is essentially the boss of scott israel the sheriff and as such he should be held accountable except that's not how any of this works and that's part of the problem here of listening to generation tide Pop eater try to wade into policy discussions that's not actually how this works the sheriff is a standalone separate elected individual separate and distinct from the governor who does not appoint him if you're going to hold a leader accountable you hold the sheriff accountable because the sheriff managed the police department that screwed all of this up hey, listen if ifs and buts were candy and nuts uh you know uh oj simpson would still be in the record books and you got david hogg by the way saying we can't blame the deputy so today he's saying the deputy screwed up fire the governor but over the weekend he said you can't blame the deputy for this uh, which is it he wants to have it every which way, and you're not allowed to criticize him because he's victim. You can't call him a bully because he's a victim, even if he is a bully. 
Folks, I'd like to thank Quip for sponsoring the show this week. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. Now, what is Quip and what sets it apart? I've been using Quip even before they were a podcast sponsor because I kept seeing their ads on Instagram. Uh, And actually, Jonathan Last at the uh, Substandard Podcast had recommended them, and I'm a big fan. And I'm a big fan for two reasons. One... I hate having to travel with chargers, and with most electric toothbrushes, you kind of travel with a charger. You don't with Quip, which is great. It uses a standard battery, and it makes it easy to change. It makes it easy to keep up with, and you don't have to worry about losing your charger or packing your charger. The other thing is the brush head size. A lot of electric toothbrushes have a brush head that is so big, it's hard to get in your mouth, let alone to the back of your teeth, and you got to brush the back of your teeth. Quip's brush head size, it is easy to fit in your mouth. It's easy to get into those tough-to-reach spots in the back of your mouth. I really like it. And the cool thing is it pulses, and every 30 seconds it stops very briefly. Just so you know, you've got a countdown for two minutes brushing your teeth like Dennis recommend. And so you can time it. you got 30 seconds. you got the little pause. You know, okay, it's now time to work this side of the mouth. Pause. And in uh, on the fourth one, it, it buzzes three times. So you know it, it, you're done. You brush your teeth for two minutes. I have really enjoyed the experience. Having gone through multiple toothbrushes from some of the big brands, Quip is the one I like. It's the one I stick with. And, you know, it, it, mail order, they will send you every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide, a new brush head. So you never have to worry about uh, your brush heads uh, getting to the point where they're just not good. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush that's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash eric it's spelled g-e-t-q-u-i-p.com slash eric e-r-i-c-k you gotta try quip it is a great great thing and if you travel again this is why i love it more than anything else you don't have to worry about rechargers you don't have to worry about chargers none of that your toothbrush is going to go with you and it's going to work It's 26 after the hour, and I am Eric Erickson. The phone number is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. i got to play you some audio that has gotten very, very limited attention, but it's actually huge. From the largest uh, gun grabber in the United States Senate, Chris Murphy, the senator uh, from Connecticut, uh, was on TV this weekend and said this. So I support a ban on assault weapons, and assault weapons are defined by state law, um, not as all semi-automatic weapons. There are particular characteristics of these assault weapons, things that look like automatic weapons but are actually semi-automatic, that make these killings much more easily. For instance, the bullets coming out of these guns, these long rifle semi-automatic weapons uh, travel at three times the speed of a handgun and as doctors have described post Parkland they do something to your insides that a bullet coming out of a revolver doesn't so no I don't think we're talking about a ban on all semi-automatic weapons I think we're talking about very tightly defined assault weapons that make the semi-automatic weapons turn into weapons of mass destruction (laughs) there's so much not true with that Um, do y'all know in most If not all states, it is against the law to hunt animals with an AR-15. Do you know why? Because the bullet's not powerful enough. 
that they want you to be able to kill the deer, not just wound the deer and cause it injury. Um, it, it is true that a vacuum uh, builds behind one of these bullets, and that is part of the damage that is caused. But um, an AR-15 bullet versus a 40 caliber Glock, uh, you know, there, there's a reason a lot of police officers and members of the military, including SEALs, uh, keep a, a Glock with them. Glocks are awesome. It's also a handgun. Uh, it's it's not a, an assault rifle. And what is an assault rifle? It is essentially a spooky-looking long-barrel gun. Um, it, it really doesn't have a ton specifically to do with anything. And by the way, they think that AR stands for um, assault rifle. It doesn't. It stands for Armalite. No, no, no. An assault rifle is a spooky-looking gun, a black gun that looks like a military gun. Yeah, yeah, my buddy Phil texted and said, you know, m most of these people, the, the, the police officers and whatnot, they're carrying 9 millimeters. They're not carrying um, big guns. Good grief. It is 39 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is WSB. Real quick, on a local matter, I just got a text during commercial break. Uh, SB 418, that's the puppy mill legislation, may get to the Senate floor as soon as Wednesday. The Rules Committee is meeting tomorrow morning to decide. Senator Wilkinson thinks he's got the votes to push it forward. He's a big proponent of this. I highly encourage you to text WSB to 52886 and make your voice heard. That will generate emails and tweets and Facebook messages to the state Senate and the state House telling them to oppose SB 418, uh, the puppy mill legislation that would prevent local governments in Georgia from being able to shut down puppy mills. Uh, please oppose that legislation and get your legislator to oppose it. Now, I want to get back to David Hogg, who is bullying anyone who disagrees with him or has different public policy ideas. It is his way or the highway, and don't you question him because he's a victim. Well, I want to play two clips for you from David Hogg. This is David Hogg over the weekend talking about the deputy, Scott Peterson, who did not charge into the building. I've tried interviewing him before. He would never go on camera with our school news, but I have interviewed him before. He's a very conservative man. Conservative, um, note that. He, he, just like every other police officer out there, at heart is a good person. He didn't take action in this event, and I can't explain why, or I, I just can't explain. There are no words to explain why he wouldn't take action to take out this individual. But I think it's a good example of how if he didn't take action and supposedly four others didn't, I mean, who does? Who wants to go down the barrel of an AR-15, even with a Glock? And I know that's what these police officers are supposed to do, but they're people too. They need to worry about themselves as well as all the other students, and I don't think teachers need to have that responsibility either. Notice, by the way, his, he's a very conservative person, the guy who didn't go in to save the kids. Now, that was him. Uh, we, we can't blame this guy. Now listen to him from this morning. How can we expect our teachers to step in and take action if trained security guards that are part of the sheriff's department wouldn't take action? And two, why are these elected officials trying to blame this on the bureaucracy? They're in charge of them. This is their fault. They should have been regulating them. I'm not going to allow them to pressure these people because at the end of the day, it's their fault. These 
I'm not going to allow them. I'm not going to allow them. Who does he think he is? He's one of a series of victims at a high school, many of whom disagree with him, who aren't getting verified Twitter accounts and million-count followers from, from anti-gun activist groups. Yeah, by the way, just so you know, this is this is the talking point today you should become familiar with. That, that David Hogg now has more Twitter followers than Dana Lash in the NRA. Therefore, he has more credibility. Who are you to question him? Have you been in a school shooting? There are plenty of kids who were in the school shooting who actually want to have armed personnel in the school, who want to have their teachers allowed to carry concealed, concealed if they have a concealed carry permit. You know, you've got the state legislator in Colorado who was in the Columbine shooting who has introduced legislation to allow teachers who want to do it, a voluntary situation, to be concealed carry. But who are you to question this kid? Generation Tide Pod Eater is suddenly in charge of the nation. We've got to lower the voting age so that these kids can vote, but they're too young to own a gun. You know, and I've had several people, I, you know, I have said, and by the way, I, I encourage you as well to text the word gun to 52886. Tell your congressmen and senators to oppose raising the age to buy a rifle. Allegedly, I'm told reliably they want to rush this through the House of Representatives tomorrow in Washington. Uh, they want to raise the age, and I well, you can't buy beer until you're 21. You, that should be lowered, too. I am totally opposed to a 21-year-old drinking age. You should know that. If you can vote at 18, you can join the military at 18, you should be able to have a beer at 18. You should be able to own a rifle at 18. You should be able to go buy a rifle at 18. And I think it's a bunch of nonsense that we have raised the drinking age to 21. But we're the, the same liberals who are okay with that want to lower the voting age beneath 18 so the Generation Tide Pod Eater can vote. I don't think so. I'm opposed to that. Y'all, this is the contradictions are staggering in all of this. So David Hogg says the deputy is not to blame because who would want to charge it, even with a Glock? This conservative guy, he, he didn't want to charge in against an AR-15. And who can blame him? He's got a family. He's got to take care of himself. And then Sheriff Israel says, you know, this, this one deputy should have run in. He should have done his job. You can't blame me for his failure to do his job. And then David Hogg comes back at him and says, no, 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 no. Actually, you know, you, you, it's Rick Scott's fault. The guy up in Tallahassee, hundreds of miles away, it's his fault that the deputy didn't do his job. It's not the deputy's fault he didn't do his job. It's not the sheriff's fault. It's the governor's fault. The governor is technically the boss of the sheriff, even though that's not true. And, you know, my wife made an interesting observation earlier today. If you ignore everything else I've said these two hours, listen to this. How many of you know the names of any of the kids who were killed at the high school in Parkland, Florida? We all know Sheriff Israel now. We all know David Hogg now. How many of you know the names of any of the kids who are dead? It's hard to learn their names when you've got the anti-gun activists being paraded on TV to essentially take their deaths and use it to advance their own political agenda. There's no mention of the dead it's all about the political agenda. 
And if you don't support the political agenda, never mind there are kids at that school who don't support this political agenda, you're a bad person. You're with the murderers. It's really disgusting. And it's why you really can't even attempt to find common ground with these people when they posit that if they don't get their their way completely, you're a murderer. Why would you want to try to find common ground with them? Y'all should know that the PR groups pushing David Hogg uh, want you to boycott me for calling him a bully today. I mean, this is the pattern and practice of the left, which is to silence any dissent. Uh, You know, dissent was patriotic back when Bush was president, but after Obama, now all dissent from left-wing thought is is um, incivil, impolite, uh, not acceptable for discourse, not acceptable in the public square. And they're doing this on guns. I mean, this is why Delta should not have folded with the NRA because Delta is playing into the social justice warrior mindset. If they've gotten Delta now on this one, they'll get Delta on another one. Meanwhile, it's all blown up in Delta's face. They've lost a tax break they otherwise would have gotten. I mean, this one hurts Delta financially uh, at every angle. How much longer before they file for bankruptcy again after doing something stupid like this? Uh, whoever in Delta decided to to block the NRA should have been fired. It's very easy to do is you release a statement and say, uh, thank you for your concern. We are taking this under advisement. It is our policy not to make decisions like this at at times of particular um, political angst or or yelling or however you want to word it. But we don't make decisions like this when something like this is the forefront of national discourse. And we respect both sides. Uh, you do something like that. But they didn't do that. They picked a side. Delta chose the social justice warriors. So the Georgia legislature has chosen for the first time in a while to reject Delta. You don't cave on these situations. Look at what FedEx has done. It's released a statement essentially saying that the Second Amendment is a constitutional right. People have that right. We appreciate everyone's concerns and we respect both sides and we will review our policy but are not making a change at this time. Delta should have done that and they didn't. It's not Casey Cagle's fault that Delta's run by a bunch of incompetents. (laughs) 